It's another Saturday morning on CCO when we talk uh, with Jack Farrell from Haskell's A Bit of a Wine Chat this morning. Good morning, Jack. There he is. Hi, Jack. Hello. Good morning, Denny. (laughs) We just needed to push the right buttons. Uh, Good to hear from you again, Jack. What uh, what are we going to be doing this fine Saturday? Well, today I thhought I would talk a little bit about Rhone wines. Uh, the Rhone River starts up in Switzerland and runs all the way down to the Mediterranean. And in the Rhone Valley, they produce some of the most marvelous wines in the entire world. And that's no uh, overstatement, believe me. Uh, Rhone wines are a vastly overlooked treasure of wines, particularly the little Cote de Rhone's. You know, uh, Rhone wines are a vastly overlooked treasure of wines, particularly the little Cote de Rhone's. You know, the Rhone Valley itself uh, starts way up in the north, in the northern Rhone area, Syrah is the principal grape type, and of course there's wonderful stories about Syrah, uh, who it's named after, maybe it was King Cyrus of Persia, maybe it was named after Syracuse which was a city in Sicily. Uh, at any rate, latest DNA testings have shown that it's indeed an indigenous grape to the Rhone Valley. So uh, the mystery of Syrah is solved. But the northern Rhone is very small. It only really compromises about a little under 5% of the whole Rhone Valley. The rest is the southern Rhone. And in that southern Rhone, it's absolutely remarkable the quality of wine that's available from there. Uh, you know, the whole Rhone Valley has a marvelous history. Uh, the vineyards were initially started by the Phoenicians. They were really popularized by the Romans. So this is going back 3,000 years. The Romans, of course, put wonderful uh, roads in, etc., and imported a lot of the wine which is sort of surprising, the Italians being sort of uh, nationalistic people, so were the Romans. Uh, They preferred wines from Italy, but however, they imported a lot from the Rhone Valley, which shows those early Romans had very discriminating tastes. However, after the fall of Rome, uh, the valley fell into kind of an unknown quantity, just servicing itself, really. And then in the 14th century, one of the popes from... Italy, who was French, decided to move the entire Vatican and Papal States, the entire apparatus, to Avignon, France. And thus was born Chateauneuf de Pape, or uh, House of the New Pope. And this is the best wine of the southern part of the Rhone Valley, was Chateauneuf de Pape, named after the Pope. In fact, the Popes were very interested. We've often heard me talk about Tavel Rosé, which is one of my favorite rosés in the world. And it, too, incidentally, is from the Rhone Valley. And all, the only kind of wine that's allowed in Tavel is rosé. They make nothing else. They don't make any white. They don't make any red. Just make rosé. And that was instituted by one of the Popes in the 14th century, he issued an edict that the town of Tavel should just make rosé, and the edict sort of still stands only by tradition uh, uh, instead of by law. They make rosé, and it's called the King of the Rosés. But the Chateauneuf de Pop made in the area is uh, world-renowned, and uh, to this day, uh, some of the great values in the wine world are wines from the 
uh, Rhone Valley because they haven't been hit with as wines in Burgundy and Bordeaux have by that high demand and seemingly insatiable wish for more expensive wines. They, they've stayed relatively modestly priced. At any rate, uh, so the Rhone Valley starting in the 1400s became a very popular thing. And uh, as a matter of fact, one of the early Louis, I think Louis the Ninth or Louis the Tenth in France, uh, he issued an edict that wines from this area should be, the barrels should say CDR, Cote de Rhone, on all the barrels. And so it was one of the first wines to get recognition. Most people really in those days, wine was a daily beverage, didn't care where the wine came from at all. And uh, when the king had that CDR put on it, people began to look for that and think the wine was of very good quality. In fact, it's kind of interesting to note that the uh, vineyards of this area are really remarkable. As I said, the northern Rhone, although it produces a very, very little bit of wine, it produces some magnificent wine. At the turn of the uh, 20th century, in the early 1900s, 1900 to 1910, the most popular wine in London was something called Lafitte Hermitage, which was a blending of Chateau Lafitte Rothschild from Bordeaux and Hermitage, which is the greatest red wine of the Rhone Valley, and it comes from Northern Rhone, and it would be blended with the Lafitte, and that was the number one wine in the world at that time, uh, which just shows how highly regarded these wines were. And then uh, the other wines from up in the Northern Rhone, the Cote Rotive from the Roasted Slope, uh, some of the steepest vineyards in France. They look almost like those vineyards you see when you go up and down the Rhine and Mosel River in Germany that they have to harvest almost with pulleys and tackle because you couldn't stand in the vineyard. It grows up, the hills are so steep. But anyway, we're talking about the Rhone Valley here. The Rhone Valley is uh, a little north of the uh, Provence area of France, and it's the second largest wine-producing area in all of France, over 100,000 acres of producing vines. And, of course, in that 100,000, there's uh, probably 5,000 different growers. There's probably about 100 private vineyards, and then there's a huge amount of co-ops. I think there's 70 or 80 co-ops. So you have all these people vying and producing wine, and maybe it's the competition that keeps the price so low, Prices on the Cote de Rhones are really just wonderful. Uh, it's hard to buy a Cote de Rhone that's over $25. Oh, you can find them. You can find them up to $100. But the fact is the general amount is really good, uh, good, well-priced, and it's pretty good wine overall. I mean, you can make that general sweeping statement about very few places in the world, but you can in the Rhone Valley. The temperature is always the same. It's kind of moderate. Uh, they get those mistrals, those are the winds from Provence that are very fast. But because of the hills in uh, the Rhone Valley, uh, they're protected from that. And uh, so the climate is kind of moderate. And the grape types, uh, in the, as I said, in the northern Rome, it's all Syrah. However, when we get to the southern Rome, the principal grape type is Grenache. And today there's a very popular wine in this country called SGM, Syrah, Grenache, and Madouvre, and it's a blend. And uh, at maybe in the early 1980s, 
a fellow from California, just started something called the Rhone Rangers, and they tried to make Rhone wines in uh, California, and they succeeded. They were pretty nice, but a lot of them very heavy to alcohol, and big, uh, which is one of the reasons I think Rhone wines are so popular is they are high in alcohol, but that alcohol seems to make them uh, more uniform, too. Usually the alcohol is up from 12 to 14 percent uh, in an average Cote de Rhone. And they're, they're really uh, delightful wines, and you can rely on different growers if you want to do that, like Chapoutier and Jabolet and Perrin, Gigal, etc. I've had a lot of fun with all of those people throughout the years that I've been uh, selling their wines. They're wonderful people, the salt of the earth, and they that's what they produce, very earthy wine. I'm always kind of amazed that you can find these little Cote de and they're all so good. It's very, very difficult to find a bad red Cote de Rhone. It's a little easier to find a white Cote de Rhone that isn't so hot, and the rosés, too. And they do produce red, white, and rosé in the Rhone Valley, all three kinds of wine, all very favorably priced, particularly when you get into some of these cooperative wines. Uh, that's when you really get some bargains. Uh, they buy their grapes from everybody and they sell them. And the Rhone Valley is a pretty place to visit, too. Uh, there's two very, very good restaurants there, uh, La Pyramid and uh, Beaumonnier. I remember once at Beaumonnier, we were with Marc Chapoutier, and uh, they had a lengthy, lengthy lunch, perhaps too much wine to drink, and we went back to his office, and they had three bottles of Baume de Venise. Uh, and Muscat de Baume de Venise is a sweet wine that's made in the Rhone Valley, it's a marvelous wine. It's very, very rare. And he had a little half bottle from 1860 or 1870. It was his grandfather's last of three bottles. There was three. So he decided we'd open one. I guess he caught help from the family for doing that. But we sure enjoyed it after our lengthy lunch at Louis Bonnemer. Uh And that was a memorable, memorable day. Uh, not, I can't remember what we ate at the restaurant. It was wonderful, but can't remember. But I do remember that Bone de Venise, uh, Muscat de Bone de Venise, that uh, was so delicious and so memorable, that great vintage. Uh, maybe it's because it was the last of three bottles or whatever, but I never did forget that. It was a very interesting experience. Uh, the Cote de Rhone produces some very nice, luscious white wines that are very, very good with a lot of dishes that you can't pair regular wines like Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc with. Uh, try a white Cote de Rhone. Well, like they don't produce a lot of Cote de, white Cote de Rhone. Only about 5% of the production of the whole area is white. They do produce some very nice thirst-quenching rosé wines. Uh, nice uh, rosés to be quaffed, not sipped and analyzed, but quaffed and enjoyed on a hot day. Those wonderful rosés from the Rhone Valley are really absolutely terrific. And as I said, the whole of the Southern Valley, uh, the Rhone Valley, uh, produces some marvelous wines that, again, are very, very affordable. Today, you know, wines are so terribly expensive, in my opinion. 
it's hard to find good ones that are reasonably priced. I would say today you can find lots of Cote de Rose, well under $15 a bottle, that will please not only your pocketbook, but your palate as well, because they're pretty good. Uh, and the Rhone Valley is full of small little villages uh, that uh, produce some wonderful, wonderful wines. Uh, it's a great place to visit, as I said. And, and they claim that sometimes you walk through the vineyards, particularly in chateauneuf de Bop, uh, they are <clears throat> these big rocks, and the rocks do two things. They hold the heat, gather the heat during the day and reflect it at night, because at night it can get pretty chilly in the Rhone Valley, and uh, those rocks keep the, vine- <clears throat> the wines warm and growing. And like I said, they, they're very reliable. The vintages are don't vary very much because the temperature is so uh, constant all the time in that area, uh, which results in pretty reliable and wonderful drinking wine. And as I said, the best part of the whole thing is the fact that the wines are, are priced so well. And while there's other wines in this area, just a simple Cote de Rhone, uh, if you've never had one, I suggest you try one because they really are delicious uh, they're affordable, and uh, there's a whole gamut. They run the gamut. They're, none of them are the same, but they're all modestly priced. And if you like Grenache, Grenache is the principal grape type in the Southern Rhone. It, it makes wonderful, wonderful wine. As I said, the, the crown of the whole Southern Rhone is Chateauneuf de Pop, and those are much more expensive. I mean, you can go up to hundreds and hundreds of dollars a bottle, and Chateauneuf de Pop's last a long time, and surprisingly, so do these little Cote de Rhone. Uh, they're very good, sometimes as much as even eight or nine years old, uh, while the Chateauneuf de Pop last 25, 30 years very easily and uh, go on improving. Uh, the Cote de Rhone's, in, after five or six years, stay to stay the same, but that's a nice plateau that lasts four or five years. So you, you can count on some of these as I say, last as long as 10 or 11 years. Delicious wines. And, of course, uh, you do yourself a big favor by trying a little Cote de Rhone. While Cote de Rhone's come from the north and the south, 95% of them, 98% of them, actually, are from southern Rhone. And you can find all these good things Jack talks about at any Haskell's location. Indeed, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine, and as a matter of fact, today for our Saturday taste, they'll be opening Little Cote de Rhone's in all 11 Haskell's stores. The Haskell's is a place where you can save big dollars during our summer sale on your favorite wine and your favorite Cote de Rhone. There's a store in Bloomington, Excelsior, Fairbolt, right off at 35. Our Maple Grove Super Cellar is not to be missed, 22,000 square feet of wines in Minneapolis, free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's Askells at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. If you can't come into Haskells, go to Haskells.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. And incidentally, there's a few tickets left for the boat ride on the St. Croix next Saturday. That's a marvelous experience. You can get those tickets at any Haskell store. Oh, or go to fun Haskell's time. Online. Fun time. Jack, thanks so much. Uh, have a good week, and let's do this again next week. Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Incidentally, congratulations on your 52 years with WCCO. <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jack. We'll, we'll talk again next week. <laughs>